All right, let's get to a few of your emails. Email, we get email, we get your email every day. Here's your mail today. We're talking about the uh, shooting yesterday in Kansas City. Kurt sent an email, he said, if law don't kill people... If that isn't enough to deter killing, then what gun law will? He said, here's a thought for laws dealing with killing. Punish faster and more severe for doing the killing and quit making killers famous. That will help more than any control of guns. You know, Kurt, that's a great point. It's one of the reasons why I don't give the names of shooters. I don't I don't like doing it. I don't like saying, you know. There was a time when shooters were seeking that kind of publicity, and I thought the best thing I can do is refuse to give it to them. You're absolutely right. And then Stephanie sent me an email, and she said, it's not our guns, it's your sons. Politicians reflexively attack firearms because they're the low-hanging fruit when the inevitable calls to do something come. She said, rather than deal with the core problem, which is mental health, and far more difficult to address, you know, politically, the easy answer comes to them like Pavlov's dog. Ban firearms. This is a severe mental health crisis in this country, and until someone wants to take that head on and do something about it, these things will continue to happen. Stephanie, great comments. Thank you so much for the email. You can email me anytime, greg.belfridge at keloam.com. Greg.belfridge at keloam.com is my email address. So the president responding to this, and it's, you know, it's that knee-jerk that we always get from Democrats. President said the shooting cuts deep in the American soul. And so then he called on people to press Congress to ban assault weapons, to limit high-capacity gun magazines. Now, keep in mind, we don't know what kind of guns were even used yesterday. We do not know what kinds of guns were even used. And already, here, ban assault weapons. They're already banned. They're already banned. What the media started doing now, what they call assault weapons, they're not assault weapons. You and I have talked about this before. You know this. They are, you have to, the, we're talking about weapons in which you have to pull the trigger every time you want to fire around. In other words, they're semi-automatic weapons. They're not. Assault weapons. It's just lunacy. It's the same lunatic fringe reaction over and over and over and over again. It's just absolutely incredible. So, again, thanks so much for all your emails. Feel free to email me anytime. Greg.Belfridge at K-E-L-O-A-M.com is my email address. All right, there's some other stories I want to touch on uh, this morning that I want to make sure, again, the media doesn't do its job. So one of the things I want to do is point you to stories 
that may interest you, you can go and get more information about them. This one's from justthenews.com. Homeland Security, the Department of Homeland Security. There are newly uncovered emails between Homeland Security officials and journalists that show that, yeah, these these uh, illegal aliens that are being released into the interior of the United States. You and I have talked about this at length. So you've got the illegals coming into the country, being released then into the interior of the country, and now Homeland Security says, "Yeah, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not tracking them. We're not tracking those folks." <laughs> so on one hand, it's no surprise, right? On one hand, it's no surprise. On the other hand, it's effing infuriating. I mean, it's. So you can get more on this at justthenews.com. These were emails obtained by a group called Protect the Public's Trust. And uh, they, through a Freedom of Information Act, um, one DHS official told the Washington Post reporter, off the record, of course, that he couldn't say how many uh, immigrants are settling in northern states via those those busing programs because, yeah, the agency doesn't track those released from their custody. So we don't track them. We don't track those folks. So we, we don't know where they're at. We don't know what's ongoing. We don't track them. Uh, I, I would say if they were saying that they did, I wouldn't believe it. So the reporter asked, are more people deciding to settle in D.C., New York, or more recently Chicago as a result of the program where they might have you know, previously been inclined to remain in Texas or Arizona? And this person said, off the record, yeah, that's hard for us to say because they're getting on those buses after they're already out of our custody. So... No longer in our custody. Who knows? We don't know. Shrug your shoulders like morons. Just absolutely incredible. While we're talking about the Homeland, the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, Mark Green, he's a Republican from Tennessee, and you've got to appreciate Representative Green's comments yesterday, he announced his retirement. And I want to share a portion of his Congress, and it's the latter comments here that are the most striking. But he said at the start of the uh, Congress, I promised my constituents to pass legislation to secure our borders and to hold Secretary Mayorkas accountable. And he said, today, with the House having passed H.R. 2, and Secretary Mayorkas impeached, it's time for me to return home. He said, in the last few months, in reading the writings of our framers, I was reminded of their intent for representatives to be citizen legislators, to serve for a season and then return home. Yeah, isn't that, uh, that in and of itself, 
I think, and he's exactly right. It's what the framers wanted. You would go, you would serve for a period of time, and then you would return home to your business, to your farm, whatever you were doing. You would return home having served your community and your state and your country, right? So Green is right. And then he says this. He said, our country and our Congress is broken beyond most means of repair. I have come to realize our fight is not here within Washington. Our fight is with Washington. As I have done my entire life, I will continue serving this country, but in a new capacity. And then he went on to thank his constituents and his staff and his family and so on. But, man, that man, that was he, he's right on. Do you believe he's correct when he says this? Because that resonated with me. I'm like, bingo, baby, that's it. Our country and our Congress is broken beyond most means of repair. I've come to realize our fight is not here within Washington. Our fight is with Washington. Absolutely right. How many of us say that here? How many, you know, yesterday it was, it's become sadly almost, if not daily, certainly weekly um, here. And and I'm not criticizing you. Don't take this the wrong way. I understand the frustration. Believe me, I share that. But the frustration that people have with, you know, our senators in particular that you voice to me regularly. Um, I hear you. I, to- I totally hear it. And this is where Representative Green is right. The fight is not within Washington. The fight is with Washington. And as so many of you have said to me, They're not listening. Totally agree. Totally agree. They're not listening. They don't hear you. They don't hear that. They, I don't don't know if they're stuck on stupid. I don't know what it is. They just don't hear you. But here is one congressman, uh, the chair of the Homeland Security Committee, Mark Green, uh, retiring from Congress, going back home and saying the institution is broken beyond most means of repair, he said. How many times have you thought that over the last three years? Over the last 10 years? <laughs> you know what I mean? <sighs> Refreshing to hear, and best to uh, Congressman Green, by the way, you got to wish him the best. Continue the fight, but on a different front. And understand that the fight is not taking place in Congress. It's with Congress and Washington and all of the federal bureaucracy in Washington. Totally gets it. Also, uh, you know, we were talking recently about special counsel Robert Herr 
and who released the details about Joe Biden and the investigation into the classified documents that Joe Biden had in his garage. And so it was special counsel, her, who said that the president at the age of 81, he has diminished faculties, has a poor memory, and so on. And Congress, um, the in particular, the House of Representatives, um, they want her to testify. And so he likely will coming up in March. So he is in final talks then to public, uh, to testify publicly before Congress in early March about his report on President Biden's handling of those classified documents. He will be in front, I think, of uh, Jim Jordan's committee in the House of Representatives. Pretty fascinating. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they're what uh, what may happen. So the House impeachment inquiry, as you know, has been ongoing. We haven't heard anything about the House impeachment inquiry. And I'm, I mean, I'm scouring the news every weekday morning. I'm scouring the news and as, as quickly as I can. Here's the thing I've come to understand. I could spend 20 hours out of the day preparing for this show every day. (laughs) I mean, seriously, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of broken stuff out there. I could spend 20 hours a day, but you know what? I couldn't couldn't even barely touch uh, most of it, you know? So we will be following that. Robert Herr, and we'll be talking about that more, I'm sure, in the future. So the president, as you know, as as long as we're talking about the special counsel, Robert Herr, his report, and remember, the president last week um, who was upset that they dare ask him about his son's death, Remember the president was mad as hell. He said there's a there's even a reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the how in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, wasn't any of their damn business. This is what the president said. Have you seen the latest on this now? And this is coming from legacy media. So this is not conservative media trying to undermine Biden. This is NBC News, hardly a Biden opponent, more of an ally. NBC News says yesterday it wasn't uh, it wasn't her who brought up the president's son. It was Joe Biden who brought it up. It was Joe Biden who brought it up. And NBC News said, according to two sources familiar with the Biden interview, they said, yeah, it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. So I don't know. I don't know if the uh, 
you know, the the response is, oh, he forgot. So I don't know whether, seriously, I'm not sure what his mental faculties are. I'm just not. I don't know. Because I see him at times. I said this yesterday. You listen to him at times. It sounds like he's got a good handle on things. Got a good grip on things. Other days I watch him. And you almost want to cry. I mean, seriously, he's wandering off stage. Doesn't know what he's doing. He's got to have be let off. He's tripping. He's bumbling around like an like an idiot. And it's it's heartbreaking to me. Seriously, I've said before. How in the hell can his family allow him to do this to him? Why wouldn't they step in and? Do something, you know? So here's the president, and I don't know if it was because he honestly believed that her was the one who brought it up. He had forgotten that he was the one who brought it up. I don't know. I don't know if he's just lying. I don't know if he knows that he's the one who brought it up. And it was just out there lying. He's capable of that, I believe. But yeah, it wasn't the special it was not the special counsel who brought up the uh Bo Biden and his death. It was Joe Biden who brought it up into the interview. And I, I thought that was Worth uh, worth sharing with you. Fox News has a uh, foxnews.com reporting on this this morning. Um, also, but they said, according to NBC, citing multiple sources, her never asked the president about his recollection of his son's death in 2015. It was Joe Biden who brought it up. But then the president responded, you know, with anger. After all, how in the how in the hell dare he raise that? Biden said last Thursday. Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. They didn't ask the question. You brought it up. So if he can't, I think you and I are left in a position. You have to ask yourself: Does he not? Uh, even remember the events of the day before. See, not even remember it. Well, actually, the interview had taken place some months prior to that. The, The report had just been released. But the interview had taken place prior to that. So the question is, did he just honestly not remember it? Certainly possible the way that I based on, you know, watching him in action, or was he lying? I think uh, there are those of us who believe he's lied about a number of different things. And if he's lying about this, it would uh, just be the latest in a long series of lies.